0: Today is March 18th. Welcome to Native Calgarian. Oki, Naganago, Mekoche, Chestokom, Oki, or Dikots Nagotine Siku. Hi, my name is Red Thunder Woman. My married English name is Michelle Robinson, and I use she and her pronouns. My Dene lineage roots me in the land of the Great Bear Lake Tribe in Treaty 11. My name is Dikots Nagotine Siku. My people wore rabbit skin, so it's been referred to as the land of the Hare People. I'm a Dene to Turtle, I'm a native to Turtle Island. And my Dene Nation is a visitor to this area of Klincho Tene Indahay in Satu Dene, meaning many big dog town named after the Calgary Stampede. I was born in Calgary or in Blackfoot like Mokinstis as Michelle Elliot, an English name that has afforded me privilege in an English colonial world. My mother is Northern Slavey Dene or Satu Dene, but my Indian Act imposed status card by the Canadian government says Yellowknives Dene. Through my father, I am a daughter of the Mayflower and a daughter of the American Revolution, having a Canadian Indian Act-imposed status card, which is a colonial construct by Canadian policies meant to divide Indigenous peoples' inherent rights. Indigenous Two-Spirit, or the Indigenous 2SLGBTQ plus community, and Indigenous women are at the bottom of the Canadian socioeconomic ladder because of colonial trauma, imposed poverty, racism, gendered violence, and land theft. I do not speak on behalf of all Indigenous, but I share my journey as I walk down my red road. As a Dene woman who's attempted to join, um, you know, colonial parties, harmful colonial parties, Iran spent money to be at expensive conventions, left my home to travel to those conventions just to vote on incomplete policies that still allows for incarceration, a denial of justice, a denial of health services, racism, colonial trauma, genocide of Indigenous and Black peoples, I have worked to continue reports to advocate for and attempt to work within these systems meant to harm me and my community. I think of all of that today and I hope we honour the many Indigenous lives lost for the so-called country named Canada. I hope you see your role in the importance of stopping harm and as a citizen see your role in reconciliation as and as a treaty partner. Pride Month should never just be one month. It's important to understand that the straight agenda and gendered violence was and is forced on these lands by Christian outsiders. And for folks who listen, you know I've been saying this for a long time, but I think it's even more important to acknowledge that today when uh, the trans community is under such attack. Uh, April 1st is going to be a day of solidarity where we ask folks like uh, who who are not in the queer community to dress and drag uh, to support the folks in Tennessee that are are basically being outlawed for being who they are, and um, you know it. So that's an uncomfortable idea for a lot of straight people, but that uncomfortable idea is like twenty four seven for the queer community who identify as non binary or trans. So um, I I just think it's really important to recognize the importance of this right now and show up to the libraries for these counter protests. Anyway, land acknowledgements are critical for creating a safer space for Indigenous as well as honoring the host as a guest and acknowledging your role as a treaty partner in a so-called time of reconciliation. It's important that land acknowledgements have meaning. I encourage all to introduce themselves with an acknowledgement of their ancestors, stories of displacement, how you perceive your role as a treaty partner, a citizen of Canada, a refugee, or other land displacement, so we as Indigenous peoples know how safe you are to be around. If you don't know your pronouns, your local Indigenous nations' names won't say your story of origin, acknowledge stolen lands, imposed economic oppression, or your role in reconciliation, I determine how safe you are to be around my community, my family and myself. Understanding land acknowledgments and its importance is Indigenous 101 because it immediately addresses colonialism, oppression dynamics, broken treaties and lies taught today in Canadian schools nationally. That's why settlers and those who call themselves native Calgarians or whatever town you're from, show me you have no Indigenous 101 understanding. Jesse Winty's book Unreconciled explains it perfectly, as do many Indigenous authored books. Land Back is a movement that could save the planet from climate change created by colonialism, but it would be a part of a treaty partnership, meaningful reconciliation, and honoring global initiatives like the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. I honor the Blackfoot, and the, as the um, elders and members have been kind to me on my Red Road journey. Elder Red Crane taught me how to pronounce my spirit name in Blackfoot, and Leonard Kenny taught me how to pronounce my spirit name in Satu Dene. My humblest apologies to the Blackfoot and Denny elders and language keepers as we learn, as I learn proper pronunciation. I always make this joke that uh, Mike Myers did on a silly show about airplane flight attendant training, and he he said you always put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. And I said that to my daughter so much that I had to teach her, it's emphasis and syllable. <laughs> Anyway, I'm speaking to you on the lands of the Nitsitapi, which is the Blackfoot Confederacy. The Blackfoot, uh, south of the imposed Canadian-US border, are the Blackfeet, and north of the border are the Siksika, Gainai, and Bakani of the Confederacy. These lands are Treaty 7, signed September 22, 1877, with signatures that include the Blackfoot Confederacy, the wesley Bears Pond Nations of the Stoney, and the Dene from Sutina. And I acknowledge that the Flames did a land acknowledgement, and there's was a little different for the Stony. They said good Stony. So I was gonna look into that a little later. Um, I acknowledge all First Nation, Métis, Inuit, status and non-status across Turtle Island as the keepers of these lands. All non-Indigenous or treaty partners with the government signing on your behalf. My Patreon account is Native Calgarian, where you can pledge in support. Thank you to previous donors for showing your support. If you value listening or watching and can afford to give, thank you. To those who cannot afford to give, I'd just love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com, where you can send in your comments or your questions. Also, giving a review helps whatever medium you're listening from. I have a YouTube channel that you can go and subscribe. Go to nativecalgarian.com for the latest podcasts and pin posts on social media. So I'm really honored today to have uh, some guests coming to me all the way from Acorn. So I will let you both introduce yourself in your way.
1: I, I suppose I'll go first. Um, hello. Uh my name is Fable. I am the uh, currently the the chair for the city center uh chapter of Calgary Acorn. Um I am of mixed uh, uh European settler descent with the, the strongest links coming from uh, Ireland, Scotland, and Poland. Um my uh family history is one of you know poor farmers, fishermen trying to escape uh you know, Europeans colonizing Europeans in Europe and then buying into whiteness and colonization on Turtle Island. So um, I am really excited to learn how to kind of stop buying into whiteness here and uh, looking for ways to, um, yeah, throw my weight behind land back and uh, fighting for indigenous sovereignty. And I'm really excited to be here uh, as a part of ACORN.
0: Well, happy uh, St. Patty's Day yesterday, oh, by the way. Do. <laughs> do, you, yeah. do you celebrate that? What does St. Patrick's Day mean to you?
1: Well, that is a, a tricky question. Um, I did celebrate it uh, as a kid. It was kind of like, oh yeah, let's get our like big comical bow ties and top hats with the green and talk about Guinness and everything. Um, sure. But uh, as I've kind of Grown up not so much anymore and learned a little bit about like the history of St. Patrick himself, who was not from Ireland, who was a representative of like the Roman Empire and Christianity. Um, so you know, I will I will send some shamrock emojis to, to people on the day, but it's not it's not my my most important holiday or anything.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate that because like obviously growing up in Alberta, it was such a Christian-based province right and we were forced through indian residential schools to be catholic or christian mm. adult like we just did it we just all wore green we all assumed some catholic from roman from from rome is somehow representative of the irish like it just there's mm. nothing that makes sense of it today <laughs> but i like the memes that are like yeah some of you are irish but i'm scottish and yeah. i'm always scottish <laughs> you, you know or
2: i'm i'm mohawk
1: yeah, and I'm yeah. always i don't mohawk, need one you know? <laughs> day to be who i am yeah
0: yeah
2: yeah yeah that's funny. Um, Okay, Uh, I guess I will introduce myself. I did see a tweet earlier that said uh, I'm not Irish, but I'm an ally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Okay, so yeah, my name is Kyla. Uh, I am the lead organizer here at Alberta Acorn. Um, I use she, her pronouns, or they, them pronouns. Um, And I don't know much about my ancestral history. Um, I know that um, my grandfather uh, comes from Poland um, and, uh, you know, during um, the Second World War, I think he was 14 and taken by the Germans to work on uh, building train tracks uh, across Europe. And um, at the end of the war, he ended up in um, uh, West Germany and um, was able to uh, immigrate to, to Canada. Um, Uh, because of where he ended up and I don't think he ever went back to Poland or was ever to able ever able to find his family so there's limited information there um, that we have anyway Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah I'm currently residing in Treaty 7 territory and also um, want to learn more about how to also throw my weight behind land back Um, so yeah that's that's who I am
0: That's great. Well, I welcome you both here. You know, I was really happy because I think, uh, you know, back to treaty, we're supposed to work together equally. And when I see folks trying, then of course I want to have them on my podcast because I want to inspire non-Indigenous to actually, you know, see what being a treaty partner is and what reconciliation is. But the other part is that uh, your organization, maybe explain to our our listeners what it is your your organization does and that's why uh, there's a lot of solidarity here.
2: Yeah, um, maybe I can start off and then Fable you can add in. Um, So ACORN, uh, it stands for Association of Community Organizations for Reform Now. Um, And we're basically a community union of low and moderate income people fighting for our rights on a whole bunch of different issues. So any issue that affects low and moderate income people um, is is what we work on. So we work on a lot of issues like housing, disability rights, um, uh, childcare, healthcare, um, transit in the city. Um, we're actually just uh, pretty new to Calgary. So we're just getting started and we're working on a lot of housing issues to start with, um, but super excited for, for that to expand. But yeah, our main uh, goal is to build power for people who in this society, this uh, you know um, white supremacist society that we've created who don't traditionally have it in that society. Babel, do you want to add anything?
1: I think that was pretty solid.
0: Right on. Yeah. So <clears throat> at about Christmas time, uh, the city of Calgary decided that they were going to take the doors off of the um, bus shelters. And I was, well, I, I'm still sick to my stomach about it. So it, we're in March and I'm sick to my stomach about it because I know how many um, deaths and amputees that bit, that policy decision caused. And I know folks like to think like when I say, oh, we're in the middle of a genocide, they're like, we're not in the middle of a genocide but don't see the harm of, of policies like that. And that's the problem is that people are okay with our houseless population dying. And, you know, ironically, the majority of them are Indian residential school survivors or uh, 60 scoop survivors. And that policy is ongoing. I have said to my daughter last night, if my husband was status native, I, I guarantee I would not have been able to raise her. Right, so because of what my experience at the Peter Lawheave was like, so I don't think people understand the gravity of, of the houseless situation. So Stephanie Harp came onto my podcast and we talked about um, you know, we did an emergency podcast talking about a, a policy that had come out from a national body, and it was it was also talking about houselessness. And the thing is, is that that uh, women's houselessness initiative. You know, I sent an email to my uh, councillors and the mayor, and only the mayor got back to me. None of the councillors did, and certainly not mine. He already has me blocked on Twitter for calling him out. So, you know, like, that's, that's where we're at, where, you know, I am the co-chair to the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, Girls, and Two-Spirit uh, Committee here in Calgary, and they are blocking our voices, right? Like, they won't even let us speak. And we know if you want to avoid, like we're at the bottom of the socioeconomic ladder. So we're at the highest risk of being houseless. So we're the ones dying in in the the structures that everybody benefits from. So that's why for me, I I have to advocate and I have to uh, educate and I have to do this work with people who are willing to listen Um, I was uh, lamenting before the podcast reported that I was having a Twitter conversation with a person who has picked my brain multiple times, not listened to my podcast, not read the reports that I talk about, and not done the work of trying to understand anti-racism and anti-Indigenous bias, right? And, And that's where we're at, where, you know, in 2015, the TRC's Call to Action 57 said, all public servants need to have education on anti-racism and anti-Indigenous bias, but they obviously do not. We are in 2023 and they're taking doors off of bus shelters. So for me, seeing the work that you're trying to advocate for, this is where we should be showing some solidarity and some capacity. So I just wanted to uh, give the mic back to you guys and, and let you reflect on what I was just saying.
1: yeah um i yeah that the, there were a lot of um yeah you touched on a lot of things there and i think um i can't remember if if you use the word legislated poverty or engineered poverty or something like that um but i i i definitely agree with all of that like the the policies that exist and the structures and systems that exist currently are set up to um first you know uh, uh ill homeless people and like structure our cities such that it makes it very, very hard for these people to survive. Um, and second,, uh, make people not care. I think that's a very apt assessment on your part. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I as far as I'm aware, uh, acorn doesn't have um, any uh, specifically uh, uh, like, any campaign specifically geared towards eliminating homelessness or or poverty in Calgary, but um, the demands that we're working on are for um, uh, you know changing the way that that housing is treated in the city in the province. Right now, it's being treated as a commodity. Um, it is so abstracted from you know the the lived reality of people like like housing can't be treated as a commodity. It can't be treated as something that can be bought and sold and bargained for. It's a human right. Um, And so a lot of the the things that ACORN is uh, fighting for and working towards are changing people's minds about housing, changing people's minds about uh, low to moderate income people who are in a really precarious uh, position when it comes to housing. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know that I have much to add other than like, yeah, I think that there's a lot of, um, really cool potential for like overlap, uh, uh, between, uh, uh, what Acorn's doing and what so many other people in the
0: city and the province are doing as well. Kyla, would you like to add or?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't have much to add, like just literally echoing, you know, what Fable and you are saying that this is a choice that we are making, that our our politicians are making and that we've given consent uh, of that choice by our politicians by not um, standing up to fight it. Um, Yeah, uh, you know, we're fighting for things um, like rent control, like more social housing, um, more accessible housing. And yeah, you know, uh, it's like, who does this, this affects certain people more than it affects other people as well, right? Like, I mean, I'm just echoing the things that you were saying, but um, you know, like who is more likely to be homeless in Calgary? Who's more likely to die um, due to homelessness in Calgary? It's indigenous people, it's people with disabilities. Um, So yeah, for us, it's really important that as well that our membership is, um, you know, diverse and has all of these experiences and that um, our campaigns are built by our members, right? So um, it's what our members want to work on. It's the issues that they see that in Calgary that need to be fixed, that um, that's what we work on. Um, Yeah, I, I don't have much more to add.
0: Well, that's great. Well, how about we focus a bit on your campaigns that you're on? Um, How can folks who are listening? So my demographics are mainly uh, women, middle aged women, and mainly in Alberta and in Ontario. I have listeners all over the world. But if you were trying to speak to them and and saying, okay, this is how you can get involved. This is what we need from you. What what would you say to them?
2: (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. I, I never want to cut Fable off. Uh, no, you take it. It's all good. Okay, then you then you definitely speak after me, Nad. Um, so yeah, I mean, sometimes I feel like people think that they can't do everything, so they don't do anything. Um, but what like in reality, like what is actually going to uh, you know make it so we can change things is every single person doing what they can, no matter what that is right? So, I mean, there are lots of ways that you can get involved. Uh, You know, you can come out to our meetings, come out to actions. Um, We have actions all the time. Um, You know, sometimes they're not like, it's not like, uh, you know, 150 people out there. Sometimes it's like 10 people out there. Um, And like, that's important as well. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, you can become like a dues-paying member. There are lots of things that you can do, um, but the most important thing is that you do something, right? And don't just let, you know, the fact that it's, you know, there's so much to do, um, stop you from doing whatever you can, is, is really what I would say. Um, but Fable, I'm sure, has more.
1: <laughs> but not, not a time I think that was, that was uh, very, very well put. Um, I, I think maybe one of the most important uh, things that, that people can do is yeah, just get out and meet people, meet your neighbors, talk to other people in similar positions as you. Um, ACORN recently hosted um, our first kind of uh, like kind of bigger community event. We had we had a, a rent control uh, community forum where, where people were able to come and, and share their experiences renting in the city. Um, And, and kind of one of the main uh, um, ideas that, that came from that forum is people were in in Like many, many different people from very different walks of life were all in very similar positions facing ludicrous rent increases of, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, um, landlords who would let, you know, like sewage seep into bathrooms or like bugs, just, just so many people in, uh, dealing with, with similar problems and them being like, oh, I, I have felt so alone. Like I, I didn't know that other people were going through this. And so I, I wasn't like comfortable speaking out on it. So like getting out, coming to any events, talking to your neighbors, talking to other people, I think is um, a very, very uh, a simple thing that that a lot of people can do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I really, so one of the um, initiatives I have in the city is the Reconciliation Action Group. And to me, there should be somebody. So if you're one of my listeners and you're like, oh my God, I, I always feel so overwhelmed. Maybe this is something you can do. I need someone from this organization to be a liaison to the Reconciliation Action Group, because right now we, we don't have a subcommittee talking about houselessness. And that's like, like this is such a huge issue. So for um, Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, Girls in Two-Spirit, for family reunification, but also for, because here's the irony. like I, I think a lot of folks of affluence just don't have a concept of how the system actually works. So for example, uh, let's pretend I'm a single indigenous mother with a child and we're in a really crappy um, rental that has sewer leakage. They will use that as the excuse to apprehend my child, but they won't ever fix the damn house. Right. So the landlord is protected, but me and my rights as a as a mother are are not. So that's why I I have no time and patience for these freedom fighters, because they've never fought for my rights. They've never fought the system to have clean uh, rentals. They've never fought the system so that renters can have a, a pet, let alone their kids, let alone a clean place, let alone mold free. And I know our, our friends of affluence that might listen are like, "Oh my God, but I thought we were protected through um, you know being able to report, well, but if you're trying to keep your child from child services because you, that's that's the whole thing is that you're in poverty, you're trying to get food hampers, you're trying to get uh, them to school, you're trying to keep social services away. When do you have time to go through your ridiculous colonial paperwork? Never. So, and that's just one tiny example. That's not even talking about the folks who have a disability, right? Who are trying to, or a medical issue that they need help with, you know, and and that is the reality. So when you vote for conservatives, like I remember when Ralph Klein was like, screw the folks with mental health issues, we're just gonna blow up these hospitals and cut all the programming. Well, now what do we have? We have an overflux. We have issues of folks with disabilities that are dying because your city officials took the stupid bus shelter doors off when it's minus 40. Like I don't understand how you can't see this like and most of the affluent folks that don't understand this ironically went to university so if they don't tell them in university for twenty thousand dollars this for their degree then they, they like can't comprehend it and We're at a a point here where we're in a genocide and and missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls and their families. This is happening because child services apprehends our children. And then I'm like, fuck it, I might as well drink. And then you all blame me (laughs) as if it wasn't, the system wasn't designed to basically kill me to begin with. Right. And then these affluent folks just turn up their nose and go well she made her choices you don't get to choose to be born in canada native you don't get that choice like that the structures are designed to kill us that's why i talk about it being a genocide so um so to anybody listening who wants to do something real pay your membership to acorn and be a liaison between the Reconciliation Action Group and Acorn, so we have some idea of what's happening. And that they're one of many. You know, we we have a representative from. Uh, there's this Ending Poverty Group, and and they've teamed up a bit with the um, Friendship Center and the the food Alex Food Center down on in 17th. But like, this is just one of many initiatives. We need everybody at the table to fix the system, and. Uh, in this ridiculous conversation i was having on twitter marilyn north pagan reminded us that we all have power we all have some power so you know it whether it seems little or big when you write that letter to your politicians when you don't vote for problematic ones when you work with organizations like this one even just sending money community care, sending money that can help somebody who's facing because you, you see me share these on our social medias, single mother or a person with disability or a trans person who is facing eviction, like this is what we're talking about. So I, I've had, uh, you know, people of affluence say to me, oh, how do I know if it's a scam? <laughs> well, system that you're voting within and that you're working within is a damn scam so (laughs) i don't know do either of you have any more you'd like to
2: add today yeah totally i mean the the whole system is a scam you're totally right and we're like we're fed this like lie that you know there, there are ways, you know, there's a, the way, like, you know, if, if your landlord is not doing, you know, what they're supposed to be doing and you have all these problems, there's a way you can go about getting that fixed. There's a system, the, the law exists to, you know, uh, make sure that people are doing the right things, but like, it, it really doesn't work that way, you know, like even just using the example of, um, uh, you know, where you're supposed to go to, um, uh make like the health department like complaints about your home um it's a un, like an unbelievably convoluted system like i've tried to call through it in the past and like i've been on hold for hours who has that time like i have the time to sit there for hours i guess but like people don't have that time right and i didn't even get through it's not like i waited 3 hours and then someone like i had to hang up right um, and then, you know, we've had members who actually have gotten through it, but then, you know, it, the, the the process is just starting when they pick up the phone, right? So that, like down the road, there's a million other things that could, could happen to make sure you don't actually get the help that you need. So like, you know, people are like, why would I even go through the trouble of trying to go through the system when it's not going to work out for me? We have this like, and I I think, you know, wealthier people, richer people mostly have this, like, thought that, you know, people must be doing something wrong if, you know, they can't get their issues fixed or or whatever. They blame the person because there's, like, this myth that, you know, the law exists to protect all people equally or the systems that the government has built, you know, protect all people equally. Well, they don't. Um, and, also, yeah, like, it doesn't have to be this way, right? Like, so we need every single person to get involved so that we can actually change these things. And that was a bit of a ramble. No, I'm glad that? you
0: did because you picked through a few things that I think that we need to say, like the myth that the law is there for all of us, the reason why people need anti-Indigenous training is that they are very clearly not understanding what treaty is or the Indian Act. Because if they did, they'd know the system is not set up fairly for everybody, number one. Two, they're not looking at the stats of Black and Indigenous people. And then three, kind of back to your point to that, oh, there must be something wrong with that person. That's coming from settlers who have benefited from slave labor, stolen lands, and systems meant for them only. So that's like the the concept of nice racism, right? And I I made a TikTok, like read this book, Nice Racism for folks who are like, well, I try to engage with the Indigenous population, but they're just so mean. Well, you need to read that book because chances are you're just a nice racist, right? Um, But the other part that I wanted to mention was that I I wanna say thank you to all my followers on TikTok. I reached 10,000. I've been doing this podcast, I've been on Insta, I've been on uh, Facebook, and I've been on uh, Twitter for years and years. Never reached 10,000 followers before. So the algorithms of TikTok allow for Indigenous women's voices, unlike the other social medias, right? So the, the other social medias are demonizing TikTok so that uh, people of affluence won't go on to TikTok and listen to what actual people, real people are saying right now, right? So I I think that uh, people are really doing a disservice by by pearl clutching. But anyway, back to TikTok. One of the viral videos that uh, got me out there was talking about how hard it is for Service Canada's barriers. And um, apparently, we as Indigenous people have to link our status card to our SIN number, because if we don't, then they claim they don't know. Now, Stephen Harper can give the whole Indian registration to CSIS and the RCMP, and everybody's totally cool with that. But Service Canada linking our status cards with our SIN cards, I guess, is just, you know, we have to individually do it, right? And, uh, you know, just I encourage people to read the comments. I've deleted so many of them, but most of them were like, you know, I tried. And for folks who don't know, as Indigenous people are like when I talk about racial battle fatigue, every time I talk to settlers and settler organizations, I know I'm devoting 10, 15 minutes of education, free Indigenous education that I know is going in one ear and out the other. And that's what all of our people are expected to do. So it's not enough that you're born native on these lands with systems designed to not allow us to be native. But then we are expected to not only know everything, but educate the settlers who have, you know, these degrees and tens of thousands of dollars and intergenerational wealth based off of stolen lands. You know, this is where we're at. And the system is so unfair. And that's, of course, why I have this podcast is to try to talk about it. And you heard Kyla just kind of briefly pull out how hard it is to access these systems for settlers. One of the reasons why I like to have settlers on my podcast is because I know settlers won't listen to me and my voice. And I'll say the sky is blue. But if Kyla or Fable say it, you're more likely to hear it because that's your anti-Indigenous bias. So yeah, I just want to say thank you uh, for kind of pulling those out. You may think it was a ramble, but it really wasn't. And Fable, I'd like to turn the mic over to you uh, to give you an opportunity to add anything as as well.
1: Sure. Um, I am still just kind of basking in how awesome that ramble was from from both of you, I I agree. Uh, Not a ramble, all very, very important stuff. yeah, I, I suppose the only thing I can think to to add is maybe talking a little bit about some of the other things that, that ACORN is working on. Um, I think there is an understanding um, within ACORN that, like, um, yes, we still need to operate within these colonial structures because they are so pervasive, but the end goal is not to, um, you know, preserve them for, for all time. I think that there there is this understanding that um, uh, we need to uh, make demands on the government as it currently exists to make things easier to access, make uh, the process of, you know, filing complaints and getting health inspectors into into homes and uh, you know, bolstering tenant protections. All of those things are important, but they're not an end uh, in and of themselves. Um, so, yeah I, I I don't think I have too much more to add. Um it is unfortunate that we need to operate within these these systems that are designed to, you know, keep us down and 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 kill a lot of us., uh, but um
0: yeah. Yeah, well, it's definitely a form of eugenics. That's for sure that we've all gotten into. Mm -hmm. Um, How do we access you? Like, is there a website you would prefer us to go to, an email, newsletter? How would you like us to access your organization?
2: Totally. Uh, There's lots of ways you can find us. Um, I mean, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, uh, all at abacorn. Um, And then, yeah, our website, our our national website, because acorn is a, a... you know, a local community union, but we're also a national organization. So we have offices in uh, Nova Scotia, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, Hamilton, BC, all all over the place. So the like national website is acorncanada.org.
0: Right on. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. And um, I hope that some of my listeners, whether they're in Ontario, Alberta, or maybe some of the other places that folks listen to, that they feel compelled to follow you and, and start you know, advocating for your work. And when writing letters to your politicians, when listening to politicians running for office, that if they're not talking about these issues in a meaningful, construct- constructive way, are they really aware right and um, just as it's unfair for indigenous people to have to educate every single settler on every single detail of life um, I'm sorry but politicians should know these things too Um, that like they had uh, expensive um, university degrees that they got they went to poli-sci which by the way does not address the Indian Act at all so like these are lawyers that don't properly um, acknowledge Indigenous issues. In fact, they fought it here in Alberta with the Law Society. So, you know, I just want to throw that out there at people is that, you know, you're the people you're electing have an obligation to know these issues. And because they don't actually screams a lot more of the voting uh, ignorance, as well as the political, um, you know, agenda that we're seeing right now, that's like, you know, anti-trans, anti-women, anti-disability, like it's just a uh, continuation of all of these eugenic type things and uh, policies put in place by, by the Canadian government, by the provincial governments and by uh, municipal governments and in combination are killing our people. So I appreciate you both coming on. I appreciate the resources you gave. And again, I hope that folks, if you're in Ontario and you're like, well, I can't be a part of your reconciliation action group, Michelle, Well, you can be a part of a reconciliation committee somewhere, and you could be that liaison between ACORN and that reconciliation group, because if you've read the TRC and you read the national inquiry, you know this is the top issues that we need to be discussing. So, um, and in the hopes that we stop preventing, or or that we prevent more missing and murdered indigenous women, girls, and two-spirit from dying. So yeah, any other lasting thoughts before
2: I head off? Um, yeah, I mean, um, just, I just want to like reiterate that, like, you know, um, it doesn't have to be this way. Um, like we, we, we can make changes. Um, you know, it feels like the people in power have a lot of power, but there are more of us than there are of them. Um, and so, you know, we can, we, We've got this culture of, you know, not wanting to disrupt the, yeah, you know, um, top 1% or or the political class, um, but but we need to and, and we can. Okay. Um, so, you know, Alberta is one of the only three provinces that doesn't have any rent control. That is such bullshit. It doesn't have to be that way. And um, if we all get together, like we can actually force the government to make changes.
0: Yes, agreed. Fable. Thank you. Is there any you'd like to say?
1: Um, I, I don't think so. i I was thinking uh, my my last comment I ended with like, oh, it's unfortunate that we have to exist in these really shitty systems and then didn't follow it up with anything. But then I think Kyla followed it up beautifully with it doesn't have to be this way. When we get together, we can imagine so much so so many more beautiful uh, possibilities for our futures together. So, um, yeah, I, I think just thank you so much for for having us on and for allowing us to to share and for sharing and yeah, this has been great.
0: Well, I'm honored to have you both here so very grateful that you both came on and talked about ACORN and some of the initiatives that you care about and obviously we, we are in such solidarity on a lot of this just, uh, you know. Just all in silos, unfortunately, trying to figure it out. So the more um, solidarity we can show together, the better. And uh, just for you both that you know, um, every second uh, Monday of a month, I have a book club and the next one is actually uh, the true history of Treaty 7 through Indigenous Lens so um it's quite the book let me tell you it's quite the read but you know even if you just come and listen uh to the to the book club anybody is welcome anybody and uh, a lot of people ask if it's okay i join absolutely you can uh, if you're sending me an email i'll just be sending you the zoom link to the to the uh, book club in the hopes that people will come learn and listen it is indigenous led so indigenous voices speak first, and um, and then we go from there. And then people just kind of reflect. I, I ask people uh, some questions about, um, you know, what they really learned. How would they incorporate that? Because, for example, uh, I was listening to the bylaw debate that happened with the trans community being attacked through uh, the library and they were talking about this bylaw of keeping folks 100 meters from entrances in order to try to protect people from the libraries that that the patreons that would go into the libraries or the uh, drag shows reading with royalty and such and just the language clearly nobody had read the trc clearly nobody had read the national inquiry report and so My hope is when people read these books that they start incorporating the language they read from these books and from these reports into their regular conversations into their letters that they write to their politicians and hopefully, you know it'll it'll translate and we'll all start to get on the same page because. Clearly the Canadian education system is being run by ridiculous conservatives that are pro-eugenics. So I just, I absolutely, we need a huge shift in the way we think when it comes to this issue. So anyway, I am proud that this podcast has given solutions that included cultural safety training and cultural first aid and all of them to create a safer space for indigenous people of color, those with disabilities and 2SLGBTQ plus to speak. Uh, thank you to authors Cheryl Ward, Chelsea Branch, and Alicia Fridkin of heretohelp.bc.ca for creating What is Indigenous Cultural Safety and Why I Should Care About It. Now, for folks who follow me on social media, I also give a link to these things. So, um, you know, I just know when folks haven't listened to my podcast, I know when folks haven't Uh, Taking the time to go through these resources because of the way they interact with me. And it goes back to that statement I say at the beginning, where I, you know, I I learn from you how safe are you to be around? How safe are you for my community, my family, myself, based off of whether or not I know you've read what is Indigenous cultural safety and why I should care about it. If you've read the reports I, I give. Anyway, their work and those cultural action tools are available. So please support Indigenous work like that as part of your reconciliation work and settler understanding. I'm just lucky enough to highlight and repeat it here. Internalized racism and lateral violence is another form of violence Indigenous and marginalized people experience by the structure of racism imposed on these lands. Um, Donna Bevins has this What is Internalized Racism PDF in a um, so many resource files that she has created with racial equity tools.org. and I'm going to bring it up because on TikTok uh, every morning I, I have to erase all my hate comments and some of them are Indigenous people saying you're not Native enough, you don't speak for me, I've never claimed to, so I just know they haven't um, done that work of internal racism. Uh, someone I, I had I identified as a friend, recently said to me, um, one of our lead spokespeople for Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, um, they were talking outside of that conversation and said to me, oh, I can't believe how intelligent they were. And I was just devastated by that, because it was clear to me that people judge folks in their trauma as unintelligent. And that's anti-Indigenous bias, right? So you know, lateral violence, internalized racism is something that we as Indigenous people have to work on. If you have a disability, same thing. If you have, if you're Black, same thing. If you're a person of color, same thing. So we have two things we have to work on. We have to work on, you know, the structures of hate that are already set up against us. Then we have to deal with the fact that we're, we're healing from that internalized hate and then not projecting it on each other. And that's a lot of extra work that folks with white privilege do not have. So just spelling it out for folks uh, Do's and Don'ts for Bystander Intervention by American Friends Service Committee. Rather than calling the police, have a look at afsc.org, do's and don'ts bystander intervention, so that maybe you can learn some different de escalation techniques. Look up de escalation techniques, call Bear Clan. In your area because these are ways that we cannot call the police and not die so a big thing that's happening in Alberta is two Edmonton police officers died from a 16 year old boy uh, who was going through a mental health crisis what if they were educated what if 211 was educated on all of these things maybe we could have prevented that police death but maybe it could have been prevented by investment into mental health services I don't know over the last three decades so that that would have been prevented but I know I'm just screaming from the top of the roof to people who are like she's just a native she doesn't know what she's talking about because of their racism and their sexist belief systems so these resources are here for people to listen and and I have settlers that are agreeing with me so you know don't take my word for it take settlers words for it um Indigenous have been talking about these issues traumas and reports commissions public hearings just so it can be regularly disregarded no more honor our words and i seen you City of Calgary i seen you not honor our words again last week with the stupid bylaw by not using any Indigenous inclusion language worse you had a few councillors you know standing up saying wow we should be you know focusing on the homelessness but your homelessness situations are killed them Jail them or just dis- disregard them and not do actual solutions like acorn is advocating for I am a- uh, advocating for so i'm hearing you city of calgary you're not doing your work anyway. Honor our words honor the treaties listen to politicians and their policies and platforms, if they don't recognize the marginalized in their budget with gender equity plus of their cutting violence prevention programs services indigenous education uterus health choices gay straight alliances lack of human rights for migrants. immigrants folks with disabilities trans people know that your vote to that person and that party directly negatively impacts marginalized people. demand that they implement the truth and reconciliation Commission calls to actions, the recommendations of the world Commission on aboriginal peoples. The multiple reports about child welfare reform and violence prevention and now 231 calls to justice from the National Inquiry on Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, Girls and Two-Spirit. Provincially in Alberta, the Kenny government created 113 Pathways to Justice, so all you blue voters should be holding your blue MLAs to account. Uh, The new Premier's Council on Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls is not working, but follow it anyway and hold them to account on that municipally we have the white goose flying report. Denying these reports is a form of abuse called gaslighting. Our people are experiencing extreme racism in the educational and health institutions with multiple reports that say the same thing, demand change from election platforms and politicians. If they don't understand colonialism, racism, privilege and sexism, They literally have zero business running. This should be understood by all parties, local politicians, community organizations, nonprofits, sports clubs, Google articles on how non-Indigenous Canadians can become allies. Stephanie Harp and I did an emergency podcast in the hopes that we could reach our allies to write more on the crisis we're facing. You can sign up also at aboriginalalert.ca and the Missing Children Society of Canada to learn more about the missing people in your life that are around you. Um, We also talked about the demand for urgent action to protect the lives of Indigenous women, girls, two spirit and gender diverse people experiencing homelessness and you can find that at womenshomelessness.ca Overdose. So. Kenny's government has obviously created the structure of Christian-only abstinence-based programming that has been proven time and time again to create more deaths, which is exactly the goal of genocide against Indigenous people. So I strongly recommend getting involved in harm reduction programming and advocacy as well. You can also, if you are using a substance, I beg of you not to use alone. And if you are using alone, there are two apps that have not been proven to work in any capacity, but I'm gonna give them to you anyway. Um, It's the Brave and the Doors app. We have no data to prove whether or not they're helping anybody, but you can also try calling the National Overdose Overdose Response Service at 888-688-NORS. What I'm asking for you to really do is create a safety plan so that you have a check-in. So maybe it's just texting a trusted person every 10 minutes, maybe half an hour, you know, whatever it is, create a safety plan if you are using a loan. And I encourage you to try not to. Um, If you are experiencing emotional distress after anything we're talking about today, you can call the First Nation and Inuit Hope for Wellness Helpline at 855-242-3310. It is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They also have a website, hopeforwellness.ca, with a little text box if that's the best um, way for you to access them. If more related to missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls in Two-Spirit, you can call 844-413-6649. It is also open 24-7 and it is a crisis line. For non-Indigenous, there are usually distress centre lines in your area that work for you with a functioning 211. But you can also call 833-456-4566. CrisisServiceCanada.ca has tons of more uh, resources for you as well. And for the Sixty Scoop Indigenous Society of Alberta, you can go to SSISA.ca. Uh, the following are 2SLGBTQ crisis support lines that are available, which obviously is more important than ever. I encourage folks to donate to the Trevor Project. Uh, their youth line is 866-844-7386. You can go to lifevoice.ca for more crisis supports and the trans life line, 877-330-6366. Violence is my everyday reality. Every Indigenous generation has faced it. This is self-care, how I take my power back. It's why I started this podcast. To speak freely, without interruption, without tone police, leadership shaming, gaslighting questions. As many people don't want to hear an Indigenous woman's opinion, but sure want to tell us theirs. Even when they don't know anything about colonialism, Indigenous people, the constant surveillance of our people, our protests, our vigils, and our rights. Um, I and many others share info on microaggressions daily, so it's unacceptable anymore. Learn about being trauma informed. Folks like me are dealing with internalized racism, gatekeeping, folks that survive off the status quo, folks that are in their trauma. So, so they stop people from doing the work and deplete the personal resources. Internal and external racism is an everyday reality for me, other Indigenous people, folks with disabilities, QT, BIPOC, and others. But I do wanna say thank you to my ancestors, to my granny, my mom of what strength looks like through your example. I wanna thank my dad for teaching me to be strong and blunt. My stepmom for showing me what a proud culture is through her Austrian family and roots and teaching me to be a proud Calgarian. It is through her, I am a second generation proud Calgarian. Thank you to my husband, Darcy, big Buffalo rock man. For producing and editing this show on top of being my husband my childhood friend the father of our child and support down my road of the red road <laughs> he has witnessed unfortunately decades of racism and sexism and to our child Thunderpipe necklace woman we are blessed to learn from you daily and we are honored you chose us you give me daily accountability to be a better and stronger person My hope is that my daughter and my family will be proud in the future of us trying to discuss these present day issues. My Patreon account is Native Calgary, where you can pledge and support. Thank you to previous donors for showing your support. If you value listening or watching and can afford to give, thank you. To those who cannot afford to give, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com, where you could send in your comments or your questions. I also have a YouTube channel where you can go and subscribe. You can go to nativecalgarian.com for the latest podcasts and pin posts on social media. On July 4th, uh, or sorry, January 4th, I put out my birthday wish to go to Ottawa on May 4th. So if you'd like, you could do a one-time donation to help me go. And uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. I was pretty confident before our our dryer broke down. (laughs) Anyway, I want to give side eye to the Calgary rabbits. You're lucky I'm not your dish. Or my beautiful cousin responds, you'd be in my dish. Thank you, folks, for listening. I really appreciate it.